another episode of the Recovery Edge podcast. My name is Alfredo. I'm an alcoholic. I'm your host, and I'm joined by my co-host and lovely wife. And I'm Kayla, and I'm an alcoholic. Thanks for joining me again, wifey. Yeah, this has been fun doing this together and, mm-hmm. you know, just expanding our horizons. and. Yeah. Um, speaking of which, last week we kind of talked about the Back to Basics book, which is still a, a book based on Alcoholics Anonymous in the big book, but it is a different book. It's a, it's a workbook. Um, and that was fun and interesting. And, we've and we love having Keith on. Oh, yeah. Keith is awesome. Yeah. Today, I thought it would be cool to go over another workbook, but this one isn't exactly AA-related. This is called the Life Recovery Workbook. Uh, they have a recovery workbook and journal. It's like an entire method of recovery. I've heard about, I guess, the way, I'll just tell you how I found it, because I, I kind of found this book before, um, I don't know, we met, or not we met, but before we got married, I had it laying around. And I think I was Googling how to tie more biblical scripture into my own program or AA, and I came across this this book. And what I got was a Bible that just had like, you would open it up and then it would like tell you, oh, this chapter talks about like this, how it relates to this step in different AA terms. You know, it's, it's like a Bible that was written for alcoholics or just people who wanted to recover in general. Um, I didn't get too heavy into the reading, but I always kind of meant to. And then one day... Uh, I decided I would order or look at the journal, you know, and order a workbook and just check it out. And you really found it interesting. Um, you got your own and everything. You know, AA is my primary program, and it's uh, brought me very far and has brought me a lot of success in my sobriety. Um, but there's a lot of talk in the rooms about like the God concept and how much people struggle with it. And, and don't get me wrong, I've been there myself before. You know, I have all those same feelings. But as I evolved in my sobriety, there were times that I came up, um, you know, against bigger, uh, don't get me wrong, they're luxury problems, but bigger problems than I had, you know, just trying to stay clean for the day, like in early sobriety days. And as my sobriety evolved, my concept of God had to evolve too. And, you know, I was talking about a problem in a meeting one day and an old timer leaned over and said, well, Kayla, how big is your God? And that's always stayed with me and it always made me think that I I take like my limited knowledge of God and I put God in this little box of what I think he can handle or or whatnot and um you know that is my limitation and my kind of thing that I had to overcome and so you I guess I would say like you exposing us to a or you know, kind of 
presenting us a platform that was really God heavy, I think it just really hit when I was in the, in the right time. You know, if you brought this to me on day one, I don't know that I'd honestly would react the same, but um, you brought a time that I was like right for the right being. And so I was just going to share a little bit of like what I found on their website. So uh, this is on liferecoverygroups.com, but on there, so they believe that everyone can benefit from this. And by that, I mean, your struggle doesn't just have to be alcohol or addiction. They, they kind of go into defining struggles of uh, addiction, food, depression, anxiety, relationships, um, sex. I mean, they're, right, that's life, mm -hmm. life recovery. And so I really loved this concept of like, I wasn't uh, strict of like just talking about alcoholism and not outside issues. And then also, that something could be God heavy. And, you know, a lot of us grew up with our own. I grew up with my own idea of God uh, in the uh, Lutheran church. You have, you grew up with a concept of God. But I would say my concept of God is probably as sick as I am for that day. And so something that allows me to expand upon that. Um, yeah, I just really took it and ran with it um, for mm -hmm. a while. Yeah, and you made a good point about um, who the recovery is for. And the door is pretty wide open on um, the recovery for this. It's like looking at the workbook here, it doesn't get into specifics of like, oh, no. oh you're they, a drunk. Yeah, they know? just say it's a Christian-based 12-step program. Mm -hmm. So they don't limit it to anything. That's yeah. I mean, that's what they say online. Mm -hmm. I Before I forget... I saw that they do have groups in person and online. So I encourage you that if any of this like sparks or resonates within you that you want to check it out, um, you know, we checked out a meeting. Mm -hmm. It's actually two blocks from our house. Yeah, that was crazy. <laughs> we did not know that or plan that. Yeah, uh, we did check it out. And like any first meeting, it's like, whoa, what is going on? Um, yeah, because it's a little, it's different than AA. Right. Do you want to explain the format to them? Sure. The format is really just like a, almost like a little church service, a mini church service, which kind of threw me off because I expected like a meeting, but I forget that like, no, this, this is a, a God inspired program. It's not just like a spiritual inspired program. It's what it is, it's not like a generic God here. This is the biblical God. So they can bypass a lot of, um, you know, generalities, how they're spoken and whatever. And they can just dive, get in the deep end of it, of, their, of the Christian biblical God. Um, so when we went, you know, they had it in an actual church, of course. Um, and they... they uh, did they have music? They had Christian music playing. Yeah, they had some, well, they had a little, um, you know, opening readings, just like A, where they had like some mm -hmm. traditions and the 12 steps. Yeah. But they have like little biblical um, passages or whatnot that they, like their own twist on it that they add after they say each step in each tradition, which I thought was great because it just really like 
laid out the direction of where they wanted to go. And then mm -hmm. you're right, they had a couple of the songs. And then after it was said and done, they sent us our own ways, like, or they split the men from the women and had Well, we readings. had that general discussion first. So we had like the opening readings, we had the song, then we had the general discussion about um, mm -hmm. what they had done last week. And then like where we were going, just kind of like leading where the conversation was going for this week. Um, and then we split the men with, went with the men and the women went with the women. What yeah. was the men's group like? Um, it was, it was interesting. It was more of um, a husband perspective because we went in there and talked about where we were at and they talked about the homework and then, you know, I got to talk a little bit about being newly married. And so they just shifted like their uh, words into more, something more helpful for like, oh, well, this is how my experience was. And it was interesting, you know, like somebody would, would just talk about, well, I've been married since I was like 17, you know, and, mm -hmm. it's, and he was still young to me. I was like, wow. And my wife, this and that, and we, you know, had their ups and downs, big time battles and things like that. So you can tell that the topics aren't like just specific to like one substance or anything like that. It's all really general. Um, just life stuff. Yeah, life stuff. Uh, and what is specific in this or what it, the commonality is just a Christian God. The biblical God is the commonality here. So then everything else outside, it's kind of like the reverse AA when you think about it. Because right. in AA, it's like we have different higher powers in the room, but our commonality is alcohol. And then the life recovery meeting is like we have the same God, but different problems, you know, life. Oh, I like how you put that. Yeah, that mm -hmm. was what it was like. So it's kind of like reverse. Um, and that's why it can be helpful, I think, because what I thought or how I felt about AA is that it always, it always encouraged me to seek more of God, right. whatever direction that was. And AA would never tell me where, you know, I mean, I remember my early days, um, my sponsor and some old guys, man, we would go to these weird churches and just meditate in like, or meditate in, in people's basements and just like seek, you know, spirituality and read a bunch of books and things like that. Um, so AA always taught me to explore my spirituality. And then when I find it finally came into focus, I knew where I needed to be. I knew where I needed to continue to learn from. And that's what brought me to like, okay, how can I relate more scripture to AA? Because as you've heard people say, you know, God brought me to AA and AA brought me to God. That's what happened to me. AA brought me to God and I needed, I needed more. I needed to know more specifics and reasons and, and things like that. Um, so that's why the life recovery was so interesting to me. The books, the, the Bible itself, which has like just... Like, oh, this is where step nine is and whatever. And it's like, wow, I never really thought about that biblical passage or story as uh, like as a step, you know, as it relates to a step.
And so it kind of like, for me, it leveled me up. Like, it's like, whoa, I just found a whole new level of recovery for me. And I want more, you know, I'm mm -hmm. like, I'm hungry again. There's so much more to seek for me. So it's been, it's been interesting like that. Now, I haven't went through the entire journal or anything, but I'd, I'd like to, actually. <laughs> well, it's, uh, I was going to say a couple things. Yeah, I'm sorry. I kind of rambled there. No, no. I, I just want to be very candid with our listeners. So we kind of started this at a time where, I mean, every couple has their problems, but, you know, we're married and... Um, I was sick in the hospital for the first month we were married, and then we moved in together. And well, I kind of moved into your house for two months when I got out of the hospital. And then we moved here. I found out about the infertility. I couldn't have biological children. Um, had to come over a lot of depression. And so we, we were really struggling to find our chemistry and our magic that really brought us together and made us feel like this is, yes, my soulmate, God has brought me to him. You know, we are to do this thing called life together. Um, and it had been a while since we've, we found that magic. And so you were looking at the book one night and I just picked it up and I, and I just felt like, I just want to find some common ground with this man, like something that I can connect with him. And did you have the workbook or the journal out? The, the I journal? Have the journal right here. Yeah, so you had the journal out, mm -hmm. and I was like, you know what? He's, he seems interested in this. Let's just open it up and, you know, like read out of it together and see where this goes. Um, it's not this one. This is, I think we had this workbook because mm -hmm. the workbook is interesting. So it kind of um, starts out, you know, in the big book, you have like the doctor's opinion. The first was 164 pages, then the personal stories. So in this book, it's the workbook's laid out a little different in the fact that for step one, there's like a little story that it tells kind of like a story in the big book. Then it says, step one, we admitted we are powerless over our problems and that our lives have become unmanageable. And I love that it just said our problems mm -hmm. because it allowed me to just open up to whatever was bothering me and not, not always have to take whatever's bothering me and link that to alcohol. You know, like it could be a relationship or something. And then it goes on. Uh, explaining some of this step as kind of the, I would equate it to how the big book writes about alcoholism in the first 164. So it just does that. And then for this workbook, it starts asking you uh, questions. So I just was going to read a few of these. So like questions for step one, some of them are just really kind of basic, like reflection questions, probably your sponsor would ask anyone this. Um, like, what's the longest time you've been able to stop addiction or, or addictive behaviors? Um, which I thought was interesting because I can put the drink down, fine. But I don't know that I always stop addictive behaviors, you know, that obsessive thinking. Mm -hmm. um, 
Or like another kind of basic reflection question was like, what are some of the reasons I start, or what are some of the reasons I use for starting my behaviors or substance abuse again? Um, and then there, and these are, I just kind of cherry picking some of these questions out of here, but um, some of the questions are kind of the same talk you would hear in a, um, so for like step one about being humble, what is the difference between humiliation and humility in life, right? Like that's a common topic um, either in meetings or talking with your sponsor. But the thing that really made me just like latch my teeth into this and uh, pick this book up and like want to ask you to read it with me every night were these really like thought-provoking questions. Um, and some of, some of them were things like, what makes me think I'm in control of anything? <laughs> yeah. uh, I, I mean, I, just, I don't even know. <laughs> you mm -hmm. know what I mean? I had to really like sit and think about that. Or here's another one. When have my attitudes shown that I believe I know better than God? Oh, okay. Well, just just about everything that I do that I always think I know better. <laughs> or what what do I see in my life that reveal, reveals God cares for me? Now, let me tell you as a person that um, personally goes to like, pour me, pour me, pour me a drink, like I am the victim. Asking me what what I see in my life that reveals God cares for me really flips that on its like back for me and challenges me to think of the positive of what God has done for me. Mm -hmm. um, hold on, husband, I'll let you talk here in a minute. <laughs> no, I just was gonna read a couple <laughs> more questions. Mm -hmm. So are these areas in my life in, what, in which God may have to use extreme measures before I will listen for direction? Uh, extreme measures. For this alcoholic, God always has to use extreme measures for me to listen. I wish it wasn't true, but that really made, you know, just, just the verbiage or like, here's another question. What will it take for me to listen to God? Under like the paradox of powerlessness, how do I respond to being perplexed? I mean, these are questions that I do a lot of recovery, I do a lot of writing, and I they've still made me really have to stop and like think about my approach. And it's not a knock to AA by any means, but I think because AA is my primary program, all my friends are in AA, you know, like I would hear kind of these same kind of questions or topics, and then I'd hear these same kind of answers. And so not only was it more God heavy and like the switch that you were talking about, but also it was questions that I had never heard positioned that way. And I was like, oh, well, this is really making me, you know, explore these topics in a whole different way. A lot to the point of what you were saying, it really made me level up my sobriety. I think that, um, I, and I'm guilty of this, but I can get stuck in an AA meeting just trying to like rehearse answers or some points of my experience that help newcomers. 
And then some of these questions, which kind of hit me out of nowhere, are like they help me more than like, like that's a tough question. Those questions are tough. Like I could never, like, I don't know if I would ask a newcomer, what makes you think you're in control of anything? Do you want to tell me that? <laughs> no. Do you want to tell me that? That's not where we you usually know? start. In a... But I guess I do also get stuck rehearsing things that I think are just going to be helpful to the newcomer. And then I may not share something that's actually that I need to get off my chest to help myself. Um, but, you know, these questions that are written in this book, I've said before that, I think they really help me with my blind spots. You know, like I forget how important it is to um, understand that I hardly have any control and that when I feel like I'm controlling things, God has become pretty small in my world. You know, trusting in God or having acceptance, and we talked about this in our last meeting, but acceptance for me really means God is bigger, that I trust God. And that's my acceptance, that things are the way they are because there's this big plan that I don't understand, but I have to trust that it is the way it is. You know, this is speaking of like biblical things, we were watching this, this story on Job. Yeah. And I didn't really get a clear answer why God was let him get messed with, you know. In, in but neither did Job. And Job didn't get the answer either. <laughs> no. But it was kind of like God was like, hey, here's uh, some perspective. You think you can run the world? Look at all the things. And I was like, dang, that's the trust aspect of having acceptance, you know. But like these questions that this book has, they were pretty tough. But I like to say that they helped me with like my blind spots, you know. So... Yeah, and then the workbook, um, so how the workbook laid out is like that's kind of like step one. And then it goes to step two, then step three. So I loved reading the little story and then hearing a different God-heavy perspective on each step. And then we would just like lay in bed at night and one of us would read the questions or you would read the question and I'd be folding laundry, whatever. And we would just talk about our answers kind of off the top of our head. With, I mean, we didn't research it first, you know, and then come with a polished answer, I guess is what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. um, since then, though, I have taken many of these questions and done different writing prompts because sometimes when, so in a when my uh, sponsor would tell me to journal, I don't know what's wrong with me if I can't journal like an adult or what, but I'd be journaling and I'd just be sitting there writing, you know, in my cozy pajamas in my room, just trying to find my, stay in my Zen, my serenity. And my writing would sound like I was 13 years old. Like, dear <laughs> diary, today I had a crush on Alfredo. He said <laughs> hi to me when he passed me in the hallway. And it, or it would be me like that crying. Yeah. It, or it would be me like crying, like I hate the world and like, you know, just pouring out my love story that had gone amiss. That was before you, of course, but what, whatever. What happened today? <laughs> <laughs> Get out of here. So, um, 
yeah, I just felt like I was really all over the place. And instead in this workbook, I just went through and used these questions as writing prompts because they did really expose some blind spots in my sobriety. And, you know, like, I can only, excuse me, I can only ex speak from my experience, but at four years, like, I've had some sponsors, I sponsored some people, I've done a lot of uh, book clubs and recovery and meetings, service work, you know, these things. And for this alcoholic, you start, I started to get in this comfort spot of repeating the same kind of answers of, you know, um, if they asked me about, I don't know, my sobriety or where I was like, well, I would, I would just know these standard answers of like, if I feel bad about myself, the best way to get out of myself was go help someone else. Like, meanwhile, I'm helping someone else and all I'm thinking about is my problems and I'm probably not happily helping someone else. I'm just doing it because I know that I'm supposed to go do it. But when these blind spots were shown to me, I was like, oh, I need to explore these. And I don't need to be like giving anybody something that I don't have myself. I just, mm. I can't, you know? Mm -hmm. So I needed to, uh, yeah, go back to step one, you know, go back to the beginning, just like we talked about last week, back to basics and, and, look at this a little more thoroughly. Mm -hmm. It's another layer of that onion we're peeling back. Mm -hmm. uh, and the book, I think, has just these weird, well, I should say just different questions that uh, I found I've never asked myself, you know. And so I think it's healthy to get asked tough questions or questions from left field that you just didn't know you could ever ask yourself. Yeah. Like, or even just worded in a different way where I wasn't, when I, when we were going back and forth uh, answering these, I found myself being like, oh, I can't give that automatic response that I, you know, would normally give an AA. Like, it was sure. worded in a way that pushed me to think beyond. And I would add to the caveat, if I started with this program first, you know, like, I might have done the same experience you know what I mean where like if this if life if I was always asked these questions first I would probably have the same feeling about a going to a and being like oh it shows this different blind spot to me and so I think it's you know been really healthy and important for me to explore different kinds of recovery um I talk about recovery also, uh, like life recovery kind of stuff with a therapist but I also have a bunch of friends that do Dharma and that's a Buddhist based 12-step program and some of the things they bring back to me and like just blows my blows my mind so one of our future podcasts I hope to bring a little review about Dharma like we did uh one of your friends your, one of your good friends is in that Buddhist-based program. I don't know why we can't have her here, you know, explaining it. We're, we're going to get her one day. You'll see. We're going to get her one day. She's a shy one. She is But shy. one thing that she's um, really brought to me from the, the Dharma group, and one of the reasons I wanted to go and explore it one of these nights with you, is that she reminds me of the impermanence of everything. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a huge problem that I have is when I'm stuck in something, 
whether, you know, like between us, one, for the past two, three months, one of us has always been sick or um, being in school, you can think you're stuck. But I, I get this idea that when I have this kind of problem, sickness, school, whatever, that it's forever. And, and then I act accordingly. I behave poorly, you know, mm -hmm. where when I go to my bestie and I'm talking to her and, um, you know, about these things, she just, she's always so gentle on how she reminds me of how all this is impermanent and yeah. that, you know, this is just a moment of time and that we will get through this, you know, maybe it'll be ugly. Maybe you'll, you know, like mm -hmm. get the winning touchdown. I don't know, but it is impermanent and that, you know, there will always be something after this. They say this too shall pass. Um, I admit and I think I became immune to this too shall pass. I, w I just got an annoyed when I heard it. But when you hear it's the same as that recov life recovery, mm -hmm. when you hear it put a different way, same concept, just different words. And it, I was like, oh, this impermanence. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I was meeting with my good pal Dan G today, and he was talking to me about his car and how there's a knocking on it, even though he just paid all this money to get it fixed. And we were talking about it, and I was also talking about some of my problems to him. And I was like, you know, one day that car isn't going to be a problem anymore, Dan. One way or another, that knocking is not going to be a problem. I don't know if that means the car is just going to break down for good or it's <laughs> going to be fixed for good. But one day, it's not going to be a problem. And the same thing can be said about my problems. And I could get in trouble by trying to fix some of these problems that I know damn well that this takes time and that God has control. Let's just be frank. My marriage, you know? Yeah. Hey. Well, we've been very open on this. Yeah. Like, we have our challenges, you know? And we're, sure. we're trying to be one as a couple, you know, one flesh, as they say. And so we've had our rough edges in, our, in, our, in this and that. And it's like, you know, I don't know what it looks like, but one day God's going to iron everything out. Things are going to be ironed out. It's my job to just do the next right thing today, you know, and then God is in control of time, whatever. Anyways, it's funny how we, we get into all these, these commonalities with people who have different type of recoveries. And Dan, he, w he used to be a, a pastor, actually. And so he has a, he's had this perspective for a long time, you know, but then he became a drunk and, you know, now he's sober so many, like, whatever years. He's almost like an unofficial sponsor. He tried to go take me through the steps when I wasn't ready a long time ago, and we read through that book. Um, so I've always appreciated his perspective on things. Um, you can also hear his story on this podcast. I'll just plug it. Okay. <laughs> Put it in the show notes. We Dan know how you, you do. Yeah. Um, but uh, it's just so cool getting a different perspective from people. And a lot of it, it just comes from just talking to different people. When we went to that meeting, the life recovery meeting, hearing these guys talk about their life problems and how God helped them recover, a lot of it was the same common solution and it was to let go and let God you know and to trust and I heard a lot of that same message different 
verbiage, I guess, in the in the women's meeting when we met up, because at the time, you know, we had the list of things that I listed off of going on, but then we also live with your mom, and I love my mother-in-law dearly, <laughs> but it brings its own challenges when it's just not you and I in the house, mm -hmm. or, you know, when, whether it be kids, mom, you know, everybody has these different factors. Um, and so in the women's uh, meeting, they talked about those things and it was a lot of like, let go and let God clean up my side of the street, but in a different verbiage. Um, and just, yeah, hearing their stories helped me really like relax into these different like life struggles because I'm a person like, I just want to like kick ass and take names every day. That's, that's what I think is like a successful day. And so when I struggle, I have a hard time. Um, and the more that I would write or the more that I would look at these blind spots or explore these things, I really learned that there's value in the struggle, that really a lot of these struggles of how we, how you and I overcame a lot of our problems in the beginning of the marriage, like brought us closer, you know, and like, mm -hmm. I don't, I feel closer to you now than I did six months ago, but there was a lot of work and a lot of struggle that went into that. Right. And I, I do also think that there's growth in, in troubled times, you know, that there's growth there. That goes back to the point of Job. And God did talk about that, about... It's true. Yeah, about how the world, you know, it has its struggles and how it builds character and how you're to mm -hmm. overcome them. Um, There's like beauty in the danger of it, right? Right. Look at the ocean. It's beautiful. And it's dangerous. It's beautiful. You know? It's not safe. It's beautiful. That's right. It's yeah. not safe. Not, it's not... Safety isn't... And kind of how our happiness is like happiness isn't guaranteed for us, but when we go through these troubling times or challenges, there's growth at the end of it. There, so we went into the workbook a little bit, um, and I do use the workbook questions in my own journaling, but I wanted to go talk about the journal a little bit because its layout is a little different. Okay. And um, I thought it's pretty interesting because in all my book clubs and stuff, I had never seen it explained this way. So it has an introduction. Sure, every book does. Um, but then it goes into seasons. So season one is the heart. And it goes through the 12 steps with the heart. Then there's season two, from the heart to the soul. And it goes through 12 steps of that. And then season three, the soul to the mind. You go through the 12 steps again. And when I say you go through, I don't think it's the way AA goes through. It's that each week when these meetings meet up, that's what they talk about. And then the workbook or the journal, that's your homework for the week. And then you go back to group the next week and talk about it. But season four goes from the mind to the strength. And then you go through the 12 steps again. So just to, because this is so much different than perhaps what we normally talk about, which is such AA-based. I was just going to read the intro to the um, season one sure. 
of the heart so that they can our listeners could kind of hear the difference. So season one heart says, recovery begins with a change of heart. Other people may try to convince us that we have a problem inwardly. We may even agree that our lives are unmanageable and that we need to change. But recovery cannot begin until we desire it with our hearts, with the core of our own wills, with the core of our wills. For many of us, that change of heart happens only after we've hit rock bottom. Even after we experience the change of heart that starts us out on the road of recovery, we still desire many different and capable things. We want recovery, yes, but we also want to maintain our dignity, the appearance of being in control, our independence, and our familiar habits. On some level, we even want to hold on to our addictions that have made our lives unmanageable. As you work through the 12 steps in this season, you will be challenged to redirect your heart to desire what is right. As your heart changes its direction, the rest of your life will follow. And so that just kind of sets up what they mean with the heart. Um, So then once again, they say, step one, we admitted that we're powerless over our problems and that our lives have become unchallengeable, unmanageable. (laughs) I don't ever seem to be unchallengeable. (laughs) Um, So it goes on to say, life doesn't always follow our rules or any other or any other set of rules that might help us predict how things will happen. Even the truth of the Bible leaves room for a struggle between the forces of good and evil. There are times when we do our best, try our hardest to be good, and apply ourselves completely. But life still doesn't work out the way we think it should. And so they're saying that's from step one, day 29 um, of the Life of Recovery devotional book. Uh, and then the kind of question that in space to write for your journal is, uh, right now, what isn't working out the way you think it should? How is it different from what I expected? What are some things that I could account for the differences? And I really like liked how they asked me that because I find that that's a real uh, struggle for me, right? Like the there's a point between of like how I think it should be and then on this other side of like what it is and that distance between it is where my suffering comes from. And so, um, you know, it's asking me just point blank, like what are some of these things that account for the differences and really pushing me to look for it. And then it has, um, so you can, I have some lines you write all you want. You would probably fit your writing in the four lines provided. And I would take this to my three ring binder and write for the next like page or two. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) but whatever works for you or, you know, for anyone, um, teach their own. And then it has this scripture piece underneath that says, I don't really understand myself for I want to do what is right, but I don't do it. Instead, I do what I hate. But if I know that what I am doing is wrong, this shows that I agree that the law is good. So I am not the one doing wrong. It is sin living in me that does it. And I know that nothing good lives in me, that is, in my sinful nature. 
I want to do what is right, but I can't. I want to do what is good, but I don't. I don't want to do what is wrong, but I do it anyways. But if I do what I don't want to do, I am not really the one doing wrong. It is sin living in me that does it. And that's Romans chapter 7, verse 15 through 20. And so, yeah, it has like a few more questions. Um, and then you did like this reflection and it says, when in the past did I feel that I am not in control? Oof. That's why I bring the three ring binder. I could go on <laughs> and on with that topic. Mm -hmm. um, and then it ends with a prayer. So the prayer is from Psalms 116. God, I admitted that I am powerless, but you are powerful. I am limited, but you are sovereign. I am weak, but you are strong. I am in need, but you are complete. I am finished, but you are working in me. God, I admitted that I am out of control, but you are in control. I cannot manage, but you can do, but you can do all things well. I am looking for a way out, but you are looking for a way in. God, I admitted that I am dependent on myself, but you are more dependable. I depend on relationships, but you are more dependable. I depend on addiction and compulsions, but you are more dependable. Woof. Amen. That is a higher power, like the definition of HP right there, like a higher power. Right. And so that's week one. You would do your, you know, <laughs> how yeah. we, we were there for week two, but so we did mm -hmm. step two. But yeah, you have your reading, you have your scripture, your writing assignment, and then one lady in, in the women's group, they, most of them just kind of paraphrased what they wrote about and talked in generalities. Mm -hmm. But um, one lady, she, my heart just goes out to this woman. She was so sweet. She's going through a, what sounds like a very nasty divorce. And so she just read her page because her emotions were like, too all over the place for her to just talk extemporaneously, you know? Mm -hmm. So she just read her journal and you could just see that she poured her heart and her soul into it. And by the end of her writing, how much she had connected with God because she just, I don't know if there's like a direct line to God or what, but if there is, I would guess it's writing it out on paper. Like, like it gets, Shipped out to him, extra fat, overnighted. I think a lot of pain gives you a direct line to God. And that's the benefit of problems, really. Because when life is hunky-dory perfect, I don't see I, God. That's when I forget about God. Mm -hmm. I get bored and I'm just like, whatever. But when I have sure. problems, I When your house bottom. is on fire, all of a sudden you're... All of a sudden me and God are like so tight. <laughs> I'm guilty of that too. But um, so that's the journal and the workbook. I just really wanted to explore those on this podcast because if you've been in A or recovery for a while and you, you wanted something to relight that fire under your ass or show you blind spots, I thought it was 
pretty interesting. I thought it was interesting as well. It was pretty cool. I look forward to like um, looking at it more, answering, maybe just going through the workbook myself. Uh, but there's just there's just so much spirituality out there that we're encouraged to seek, you know, as well as good sober alcoholics, I think. And uh, this was the channel that uh, we found, you know, and it was interesting. Yeah, it's just the season that we were in. I think that it's, uh, you know, also cool. Like, the podcast is called Recovery Edge, you know, and we always say we're not affiliated with A, which mm -hmm. we're not, and that is true. Uh, but we're so A, heavy, and there's a lot of other recovery out there to explore. Yeah. And even just dipping our toe into this has leveled us up a good amount um, to a point where my sponsor was like, what are you working on? Mm -hmm. And she was like, bring me those books so we can look at them. And so her and I started discussing these topics yeah. and, um, you know, it piqued her interest and she wanted to uh, come to the Friday meeting the night we went. It just interferes with a different commitment that she has. Um, but yeah, I think, you know, there's... Well, I think more will be revealed. Always. Our, everybody has their own spiritual journey. Even me and you together, we both have our own separate spiritual journey. Not too separate, but you know, <laughs> I work on sure. my stuff. And that, I work on mine. That me and God talk about, you know, whatever. And, and so do you. And um, so no, I, I, uh, I, I still got to think AA is what's been pushing me to explore more, you know. And I hope that everybody get to that. I don't want to be the guy in AA who's just bored in AA. Like I wouldn't be in AA if I was bored, you know. I tell everybody that like like if I was bored here, if I wasn't having fun, I wouldn't be here, you know. So hey, thank you. I thought this was a good episode, something a little new, you know. When we started season 2 of this podcast, we said we'd do some new things, explore some new things and try to keep it current and you know. Yeah. So. So, Alfredo. Yes, yes, dear. Do you want to tell our listeners where they can find us? You can find the podcast on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, which is probably where you're hearing it already. But we're also on iHeartRadio and uh, check out recoveryedgepodcast.com. From there, you can help support the podcast if you'd like. Um, or you can Venmo us too at Recovery Edge. And uh, proceeds, proceeds just go to helping us grow the channel or, you know, just uh, helping us keep the lights on with the uh, server costs or, you know, all that technical stuff. That sure. And it doesn't always have to be things. monetary. I mean, give us a like, a follow, share us with your friend or sponsor. Mm -hmm. If you yourself are in recovery and here in this podcast and you've never met us, hey, give us a shout. Contact us on the website. We'd love to uh, get you on the show to share your experience, strength, and hope with us. So it'd be great. So.